You have reached the Geek Elite. Good luck. We've made difficult decisions. And there are still more ahead of us. Two people aren't enough to save the galaxy. We need the toughest. Smartest. Deadliest allies. We need you. We need you to join us. And listen to Reignite. A certain point of view podcast about storytelling. Love. And Mass Effect. Join us every other Thursday as we fight for the fate of an entire galaxy. You can find us everywhere you get your podcasts. Or at certainpov.com slash reignite. We're counting on you. We should go. Welcome listeners, welcome JV Pickers, host Sway here, back with working together to bring you a playlist worth getting lost to by our collective brain trust. And this week's theme is Gone Too Soon. So grab your quarters, pick your dibs, Geekly Media presents Jukebox Vertigo. We actually have a light table this week due to some technical difficulties. Our guest wasn't able to be here, but hopefully they can return for another time. Uh, so around the table, we have Daniel. Hello, hello, hello! Hey, buddy. I honestly can't. I honestly can't wait what you what you end up picking up um, for for this category. <laughs> and of course, as always, we're gonna have ourselves some Keith. Yo, I had a bad week, guys. Um, someone oh, broke no. into my car, dude. That's, that's yeah, so shitty. Uh, they left the door open, so the battery died. Oh, and so I had to get a new battery, and my AC in my car went out, and I took it today. And the guy said, "Oh, the entire AC needs to be replaced." That'll be two thousand dollars. Oh Jesus! So I'm getting a new car. <laughs> well, I, guess since, since I don't all, blame you, dude. Since yeah. we're all dropping dumb money right now, I also hit a, I hit a fender bender, and it was a gnarly dent and a scratch. And if the insurance doesn't go through, it could also just be around uh, maybe around that much. So this are, like, it's are you at fault? Too. Huh? Are you at fault? Oh yeah, it was it was my it was so stupid. It was so dumb. Like if my my foot got caught under the pedal, so I couldn't break, and it was like, Ugh. it was. <laughs> Yeah, it was so fucking dumb. I was still, I'm still so pissed at myself for that. So hopefully, fingers crossed with insurance. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so that's not what we're talking about. We're going here to talk about music. So let's unwind with what we actually listen to. Um, I actually don't have a long laundry list of stuff that actually came because uh, last week's actually were really light with the releases. So I did go circle back around to, of course, with the Willow album. Lately, I've been feeling everything. How are you? Uh, how are you for the sky with uh, Mare or Mar? Still, such a perfect fucking albums ever ever since uh, February. Um, I also like went back. Just li- I'm not I'm not bummed out or anything, but I just I really like bummer bummer tracks, mm-hmm. and and I shared it with with the chat a while back ago. And John Redcorn by uh, by Sir, it's just so good. The vi- <laughs> the video doesn't but it's a great homage to obviously King of the Hill. Uh, but man, is the song just so sad and just like this guy's just alone, but it's just like. He knows that if he just reached out, he'll probably get her back, and or vice versa. But pride and all that bullshit, so they don't. So it's kind of like, but he knows it's also what they what he wants. It's like for them to be together. It's like, but no. 
Every Night Alone. <laughs> I'm not going to start singing it, but it's a great fucking song. Um, again, I watch it with the video, especially if you like King of the Hill. It's like, you see all the characters on the homages. It's fun. Except for the weird sci-fi twist where it's almost like a little bit like Atlanta. Like all the cars are like floating cars. It's like the like cover cars. And that's the only thing that's weird about it. But other than that, it's it's a King of the Hill, like weird off episode. Um, Is that? Oh, that's right. And Keith. You'll be happy to know that I finally listened to those uh, Lord singles. Thank you. What do you, <laughs> what'd you think of them? Because I, um, I either think you would really like it or really hate it. Like, and so no, I was very I, curious. Oh, I know. I, I dug them especially. I mean, it's just like like easy casual listening too. So, but I definitely like. I've, I'll definitely uh, listen to something that has a fun tr- uh, fun song title, like "Stoned at the Nail Salon" or "The yeah. Salon." I thought yeah. of you when I listened to it this week. It's so fun. Like, absolutely, I'm going to be into that. And a solo power. And yeah, just like two back-to-back singles like that. Like, it made me curious and excited for a potential album to, if they're just kind of like the process, how it goes. So, yeah. I really yeah. was curious about solar power because specifically how it's, I kind of mentioned it when I reviewed it. The song builds to the end, not mm-hmm. to the chorus, which I really thought was really cool because it's basically right. whisper singing for two thirds of the, the song. <laughs> and then we're just going to sing this over and over and over, which. I love the way her voice sounded at the end, like yeah. when she's singing Solar Power. So I, I kept coming back to my head, like what you, you mentioned that, but I couldn't tell which song it was. And I was like, oh, of course. It was like, mm-hmm. after done with the first one, it's like the next one is like, it was with Solar Power. I was like, oh, no, I, 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 I'm stuck for it. Yeah. Now, for the new new stuff that I did listen to, um, let's see, go with the singles because I didn't actually make my proper, proper list. But um, yeah, Cradle of Filth had uh, Crawling King Chaos. It was actually a decent single. Like usually, Curtis will have like a hit or miss tracks, and will make for a, a fun, more of a fun album. But the song was like everybody just got down. Like even like the drum, the drums tend to get lost with like just a bunch of like high notes and a bunch of like like fast guitars, um, and then also Danny felt like doing his wide range of vocals. But this this song was actually good, and it actually went it goes on for over five minutes long, so it makes for a, de- a decent song. Other metal uh, singles was Ginger with uh, Mediator. So that's her second single. Um, I'm an idiot and I didn't write down the name of the last single uh, to go with. Oh, it's Vortex, right? I think it was Vortex. Um, but it was good. I actually, I'm kind of like, I wasn't expecting so many um, clear vocals with like, she's just amazing at just like uh, at doing like the, the screams. But when it's there, it, they fucking get down. But then, who did really, really get down and got me so fuck, fuck, fucking excited? I literally shrieked in the car when I, uh, I guess, I, I guess I was, I, I hit on YouTube like at a good spot where it was, it was just like barely added to YouTube music. And Dying Wish, who I have really still been uh, jamming to, um, oh god, I forgot, I'm dropping the name of the, of the last single as well. Um, Fragments of a Bitter Memory. And now they dropped with Until Morning Comes. Morning with the U, so just to make him a little more darker. But damn, so the yeah. first, the, uh, Fragments of a Bitter Memory is a great single where it just feels really personal for such a heavy song. This, just like for, and then for the second single to just make it so fun and just like, now you definitely get to hear the whole band be incorporated like, into the song. Not, not that like, that they were like, like lacking in the in the other single. I guess that's what made the song super fucking heavy. But for some reason, like the lyrics are just like so much more like, prominent in that in that other single where you just get to hear her her story and this one just makes for more of an actual like song and you just like everybody's just so on fucking top of it and it just made me so much more excited for october i think it's october 6th for when the actual whole album comes out mm. 
fucking local legends like i mean like up and coming local legends like fucking love dying wish and she's just such, such a badass emma's just such a badass yeah. um are those well, i guess i did plan it out without even realizing it um last single is uh lisa anime anime opening track lisa with hadashi no step it's lisa and another anime type song i can't wait to hear and i can't wait to see what anime this song is in because it's just one of those where you can just already see the anime um <laughs> And yes, coming up to my albums, Brittany Howard's with her uh, Jamie Reimagined, this re-release of her debut album, but now as as like, yeah, as a reimagined workings, like of how she wanted for them to sound now in this way. And it's cool because she actually handpicked the people who were involved in this, in this, uh, for this project, which is why, which is why like, I really fucking love Childish Gambino's Stay High, like a version of Stay High. Cause he just made it sound like one of his tracks instead of just trying to like make rework something of hers and that's literally what he did, but not necessarily keeping it to her style. It, it was just like such a great project. I actually really like going through all the songs. Um, Keith, you, you went through it, right? Yeah, I actually really enjoyed it. I actually worked out to this album the past few weeks. No shit. No, that's fucking good. That's actually a good one too. To do yeah, that too. I, I dig, I dig it. Obviously the Gambino song is great. Um, I actually really like the bottom hair song short and sweet. Okay. Yeah. Um, and I dug the tomorrow with bad, bad, not good. So yeah, mm-hmm. I really dug those songs. There were, it was a really interesting album. I really, it didn't, it sounds the same, but different. <laughs> like it, it yeah, is right? really good. Reima- Reimagining is a good word. Like <laughs> no, not a remix, yeah. you know, it's not a remix, just reimagined of it. Yeah. Even baby yeah. was really good. Yeah. I remember you highlighted baby. Oh, baby was great. And then when oh, I got to it, it, I was like, you know, this one definitely stood out. The whole thing was actually really good. Yeah, definitely. Baby, baby um, is probably my favorite track. I forgot about Baby. Yeah. Nice. Uh, then, fucking yeah, we call them Punk Legends, Descendants, The Descendants with Ninth and Walnut. This is actually a really fun album. I mean, I, as far as like for the Descendants go, it's one of those like yeah, if you listen to Descendants once, you probably listen to all, all the other songs. But if you want new songs from them, it's definitely one worth uh, worth checking out. There was just one song that was just like I just. I need, I need to find it because it was just, it was one of those like, all right, guys, it's time to grow up. Maybe don't write songs like these anymore. Kind of like why well, I was kind of like, didn't really dig the offspring, <laughs> the offspring, the offspring song uh, album that came out this year or why I sometimes do like to call out Weezer for that specific reason. And I can't fucking. How dare you. I mean, sometimes, you know, maybe the rivers can like, you should write a different, a different style of songs or grow up a little bit. Then, then we'd all be upset. You'd be like, uh, why aren't you writing the old songs? <laughs> no, honestly, I wouldn't because we've had a catalog of it. <laughs> okay, I have the album here, and it's um, Tired of Being Tired, Cranky, Grudge. Where is it? Nope, no. But these, I understand what you're saying. These also, I, think a be- I think a better example like Grow Up is more like Sum 41. Like I okay. love Sum 41, but that kind of, especially that era of rock, it's just kind of like, this was cool when you guys were 25. Oh no, for yeah. sure. I tell you, yeah. <laughs> yeah so. I'm definitely gonna give this this album another listen to. But it's really only the one song that stuck out because, like, when you start singing, it's like, oh, it's like it's like these lyrics where it's like, it takes me back to being at the skate park. But it's because I purposely put it there because I'm at that age to listen to those songs. It's, it's really, like, it's, it's really kind of like one of those where it's like it's it's about it's about the girl and then she and she's literally all that. But it's kind of like. Uh, it just it just sounds really dated the the way it's all being like singing about her. It's like I don't know, yeah. whatever. Uh, so, but still, the whole thing except for that one song is really uh, is really enjoyable. And now, my favorite album that I did listen to, that I listened to, um, it's a rap album. 
It's by Isaiah Rashad with The House is Burning. Ooh. This was really fucking good. Like, we were talking Sounds about good. how the, yeah, the, um, we were talking about last week how the Vince, or last episode about the Vince Stables album being like, yeah. well, Vince Stables likes to, likes to pop off, but likes to keep it really mellow when he likes to. And this, that last album was more on the mellow side. This is kind of like that if he had cranked it up by like a notch and a half. So you still get more of the aggro side, but you still get some like decent, like good samples or like, like mellow samples. In and around it, um, but then yeah, there's some like some hard songs into it too. I definitely recommend this one a lot. Isaiah Rashad with the house is burning uh, was one I definitely kept going going back and back to. It's actually my list of, of new stuff I listen to. So Daniel, what has been on your rotation? Uh, so on my rotation, uh, let's see, my rotation. Uh, I'm going to a show like I mentioned earlier um, on Saturday. So uh, listen to Lane Eight. Um, a two-hour set today, actually, while I was working, really chill. If anybody uh, knows Rufus the Soul, they have uh, he has the exact same vibe as they do. Uh, so it's a lot of your deep house and like heavy instrumentals, which was awesome. Um, because of the passing of you know Joey Jordanson, been listening to a lot yeah. of Slipknot, R.I.P. Um, also been listening to a lot of Ghosts since I brought up Ghosts last time we talked. <laughs> <laughs> Um, been listening to a lot of like random eighties pop and, um, nineties, just sticking to grunge, basically another thing I've been listening to. And then, um, went, uh, listened to some corn also listened to, uh, some early Lincoln park as well. Hmm. Oh yeah. Well, that's dope. And Keith, what have you been listening to since the last episode? Uh, I'll go through the things I usually listen to that I listened to this week. Um, the Killers. I went back to the recent album. Okay, uh, still really good. It, it is still holds up for me. So, um, I went on a most deaf kick. Uh, so I listened to Black on both sides, which is probably my favorite rap album of all time. It's just perfect. Uh, also listened to Black Star, which is him with Talib Kweli. Um, this was uh, inspired because they have a podcast now with Dave mm. Chappelle that is so good. <laughs> yeah, it's it's literally because I kind of told us a little bit about it, but basically it's like it's like if the podcast took place in a black barber shop. Okay, and it's just them talking about stuff, and then there'll be like little hip hop beats in the background, or they'll cut away to like a, a sample of a song and stuff like that. It's really unique and artistic, and I love it. And the first episode, it, it is a subscription show, but the first episode is free. I recommend you check it out. They talk about an artist I'm probably going to be talking about a little bit later. Uh, oh, okay. So it's really, really good. Um, also, uh, Black Keys. I went back to Brothers, which is also one of my favorite albums of all time. Mm-hmm. Uh, Weezer. I also went back to Lord. Um, a lot of what I listened to this week is related to the category, too. So I'm kind of dodging stuff. Um, <laughs> yeah. The Britney Howard album. Uh, we just talked about that. It was yeah. pretty good. Um, I went to back to the Ellie Golding album from last year. And I still really like this album. And part of me is like, I feel so bad for her that she put that out in 2020 because it was so good. But because Dua Lipa put out an incredible album (laughs) and Taylor Swift put out two nearly perfect albums. It's not even in my top three favorite pop albums of the year, but it should be any other year. It would be. Yeah. So it was really, it really sucks that she, you know, Bad timing, I guess. Really quickly, yeah. since um, you know you brought up T Swift, um, did you happen to watch the tease on Twitter or whatever it was that uh, you know made her blow up today? 
Yes. So you know how she's doing Taylor's versions of all her albums? <laughs> yeah, yeah. So they don't have the, yeah. She's teasing guests for her version or for her remake of Red. Really? Oh, okay. And she put a puzzle out and people are figuring out names on the puzzle. And of course, I've completely forgot all of them off the top of my head. Kanye West is going to be on there. Just kidding. No, not at all. <laughs> um, but uh, I, I'm I'm pretty like I mean, Red isn't my favorite album. I, I it's actually one of the ones I don't like as much as the others. But yeah, it's good. I mean, it, it's it's pretty good. Like it's just not. There's some great songs on it, and there's some really garbage songs on it. So, I have very complicated feelings about it. So, yeah. Of course you do. Yeah. Um, but, uh, let me see here. I'm trying to see if I can find... Oh, yeah, Ed Sheeran's going to be one. Chris Stapleton, which anyone who listened to our country uh, episode yeah. knows, I fucking love me some Chris Stapleton. Yeah, I was like, that rings a bell. And um, also Phoebe Bridgers, so... <clears throat> those are all going to be guest stars in our album so pretty exciting I'm, I'm, I'm pretty stoked about that so uh so that's pretty much what i listened to that was from previous weeks uh new stuff uh we mentioned Brittany howard really great um there's a new single from silk sonic the uh group from bruno mars and anderson pock called mm. skate it's amazing cannot wait for this album this album's gonna be the sexiest fucking album <laughs> i'm so excited like this is sex music i, I absolutely adore it it's gonna be great but my big listen for the week, and I'm kind of surprised no one else mentioned it, the new Billie Eilish album. Oh, yeah. Um, Did anyone listen to it? No. No. <laughs> okay, so... I like it as much as the first album. Okay. I don't think it'll be as memorable. Ooh, okay. Um, She goes pretty experimental on it. It's almost like a hip-hop album, not in style, but in structure, in that it feels like, okay, here's the song, and then almost like here's a skit or a cutaway. You know what I mean? Like, she does that a bit. Um, There's a song on there called Billy Bossa Nova, where it's literally a Bossa Nova song, like Costa del Sol from Final Fantasy VII with Billie Eilish singing over it. Is that Bossa Nova beat? (laughs) Yeah, it's, it's great, dude. And then, like, the song she sang... I think it was at the MTV Music Awards where she was like taking like her top off and stuff like that because it was about her body and how people, you know, before mm-hmm. it was revealed, you know, her body. She she sang that song about that. That's actually on this album. And okay. That's really cool because I really like that song. So I'm glad it's actually on an album. I like the album personally. It's not going to hit society the same way. And I think Billie did that intentionally. Because mm-hmm. if you follow Billie Eilish, the last thing she wants to do is succeed massively with this album because she's so sick of all the publicity and press and everything. She really just wanted to put out something she wanted to do. So, and it is with her and her brother again. They made it together. Just and to I was going to say, it's probably because, like, I mean, I'm pretty sure she would like her brother to get some attention, too. He's the one that kind of makes the music. Yeah. And then, like, I mean, the the last track she had, the single, the Everything You Ever Wanted song, yeah, was literally about how she's already succeeded more than she ever expected to, and she doesn't really want to succeed more. <laughs> so she's basically telling us, like, this one's for me, basically. Honestly, <laughs> so, nice. But I, I, I dug it. It's a really great listen to put in the background. Um, <clears throat> the other thing I want to mention isn't a new release, but it's a new discovery for me. Um, I discovered a band called Jazz Party. All in caps, all one word. And it's... 
it's like Nora Jones if she had a full-on backing band, which I know she has a band, but it's like like there's nine people in this band. Yeah. And imagine it kind of like a a grittier postmodern jukebox, but not covers, like but that style, you know what I mean? Like and it's just really cool and like the band is made up of dudes who are clearly into like like rock and punk and stuff like that, but they're playing this style. It's they're really cool. And the girl's voice, she does have a Nora Jones quality to her, but she also has something unique too that I really enjoyed. So um that just came up. I actually shazammed them um uh, when it came on. So um but yeah, Jazz Party, all in caps, they're from Australia. And I'm really digging it. It's really great chill music, so that's it for me. Nice. Um, the, th- the thing I was saying, I'm a bad fan, um, and apparently you are too. <laughs> Just calling you out. Uh, did you listen to the DG's, DG's Foo Fighters thing? No, I forgot. Yeah. I, honestly, I, did, I've, I heard the single before it came out. Oh, okay. And it I is very know. much disco. <laughs> <laughs> it's very much disco. Honestly, I mean, they're, it's just the first... I guess it was might have been like a live set. I threw on a few of the songs going back, like went back back and forth between like the DG set and like the Foo Fighter sets because like it's almost like a split album. Mm-hmm. And the Foo Fighter sets are just the Foo Fighter songs are just literally songs from the, the this last album. I think maybe live. And the first half is like yeah, those, those disco renditions of them just having fun. Mm-hmm. So we didn't really miss much because like, for the second half, really not really. But I, I do plan on actually listening to like that first half or at least the, the DGs. Yeah. Cool, cool. All right. So let's move on and add our page. And this one is a heavy one. Mostly because this was a heavy fucking week, especially for a lot of us we metal bands. Yeah. This week's uh, theme was gone is gone too soon. And this week we lost a legend, a fucking legend of mine, ours, everybody who's ever been a fan of Slipknot and uh, Murder Dolls. Other side projects uh, involved. Joy Jordison. Joy Jordison at 46 just died this weekend. It was just brutal. Yeah. Uh, Even back in my my high school days, like getting super angsty, like being a fucking little edgelord and just like having like that teen angst and being like, oh, like, like, fuck you, mom and dad. Like, I mean, especially fuck you, dad, but like with my mom sometimes (laughs) and just like want to like ostracize myself. Like, and yeah, I had music, I had all kinds of music. Like that was just that I was discovering, but it was really Slipknot back then, just because there were fucking nine members. They were literally their own unit, their own their own family. That I kind of considered them as like my musical family, just because like I would tend to like want to relate with them so bad, or just because like they were just like the coolest fucking thing to me. So back in 2011, when Paul Gray died, I that one hit me so fucking hard because I because yeah. then in 2000 back even back further in 2007, seven eight. Me and uh, another really good friend of mine, his name is also Daniel. Uh, we dressed as Slipknot. We literally went to the fucking Halloween shop or one of those uh, online stores or, or band, band shops to get the Subliminal Versus like shirt with like the black button up shirt that they were rocking at the time with like the black pants and and the mask. I fucking had Paul Gray's mask. So when he died, I was literally I wore that, that shit all day long and just like blasted the discography the whole day. And my friend Daniel was fucking because he was the drummer for the for our band, yeah. And so, um, and he was Joey George. My friend was Joey Jordison for for the Halloween. So it just came back as a full circle moment. But then, just like as a very like a very fucking sad one, just thinking back on like how much this band meant to not just me but all of us as like in my in my friend's circle. And fuck. And then what was it? 2016. He got he he came down with with 
something in his body just like got messed up and it was just really fucked up that the band thought he was gonna fall back or fall into drugs which is why he was kind of being slowed down but it really wasn't that it was just like him going through a struggling through a fucking procedure and they kicked and Slipknot literally kicked him out and he got and it was really fucking shitty uh, uh from them and yeah. so they literally had, they had to replace him after that and, and so it, just, it sucks that i never got to see like at least like my seven out of nine lineup and i'll forever be the seven out of nine lineup even then like craig isn't even that much involved anymore so it's kind of like fuck that band was just like it just has always meant so fucking much yeah there's only one original member left clown is the original clown clown's the only one left Corey wasn't the original singer no No, he he wasn't so yeah clown's the only one left from the original lineup damn yeah and it's, it just it, it just it just it fucking hurts. And there were fucking uh, nine of them. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I I had just like I, I rambled on that one, but it's like Daniel, like what what do you think of like this week? It was just, I, I really said I was also why it was such a light load on my recommendations because a lot this time it was one of those flipped weeks where I really got down on like what song I was going to choose for like for my category picks, and it's like not being for sure one of them. Uh, shit, it's just anyway. Daniel, take it over. Yeah. No, <laughs> uh, uh, Definitely, that's you know um, uh, this week. This week, just uh, like I told you guys before pre-recording, you know, uh, listening to a lot of Slipknot, and even in the recording in the beginning, and that's something I really did this week a lot. Is just going through all the older stuff just to pay my tribute to it. Um, but to kick things off, um, I'm going to go with uh, Chris Cornell, um, big Audio Slave fan, and then Soundgarden as well. Um, love his his version of patience. It's amazing. It's beautiful. The man has so much vocal range, but definitely just uh, a lot of the bullshit I've been going through. Um, you now I'm gonna have to go with uh, uh, like a stone for my for my first pick. Oh, we haven't started yet. We're still, we're still just like <laughs> oh shit. Okay, good. I was, just, I was just frantically typing the host. I'm like, oh shit, did we start at Mister? I don't know. We started. I'm so sorry. <laughs> No, no, no. Uh, we're we're just going to go around the circle on like how we feel because yeah, it it just sucks. It's like music is such a an important part to a lot of people's lives. It's just like it's just something so trivial as just like noise and sounds, but it means something. So when when some some stranger out there in like in our world can like literally speak in a different way that just resonates to your core, and then they're just gone. Like yeah, it it just fucking sucks. Like it's literally a stranger. You don't know this person. But for some reason, this person got to know you and just put out this body of work and just like, or whatever. And for one reason or another, it's just like, it just sucks when they're just gone. Yeah. Like, Keith, Keith, what do you think about like, like losing artists like this? Um, I think the main thing here I took away was gone too soon. Yeah. I really focused on the too soon and really thought about like people that had so much more to give. Yeah, for sure. And, Definitely. You know, one of my artists is actually the the hardest loss of a creative person I've had the most upset I've ever gotten about the death of somebody that, you know, is famous. So, um, so I'll let you know when that comes up, but yeah, I, I just think like, I think about how transformative these artists were and could have been, Yeah, you know, and how the music industry could have changed. Yeah. Had they stuck around. Mm-hmm. or you know you know culture in general you know what i mean so <laughs> i have some pretty heavy names to drop on you and some of them people probably won't think of but if you really think about what their potential was that's the thing so yeah know, and that's sure. the sad part here is we're not talking about you know uh 
George Harrison dying. You know what I mean? Like George Harrison yeah. was old. I love George Harrison. He's my favorite Beatle. Thank but, you. But he was old. He, he he contributed plenty. This is too soon, so that's why I wanted to focus on that. So, but yeah, um, yeah. And I I was actually a Slipknot fan in high school. Pretty big Slipknot fan. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, yeah, it's just crazy to think about like. First of all, that Slipknot's still a thing in 2021. Like, that's yeah. crazy to me. Because that seemed like something that'd be gone in three years. And it's still <laughs> here. Like, all those other bands are gone. Mudvayne's gone. Head <laughs> PE is gone. <laughs> like, like, that shit's over with. Soulfly and Sepultura, we love them, but they're not what they were at all. And Slipknot's still there. Holding on. And, uh, yeah. It sucks because Joey was one of the standouts of that oh, band. Oh, for sure. I mean, I guess... Probably the, so the number two standout. Like, how, how often is... You have a nine-person band. Mm-hmm. Obviously, Corey's the one that gets a lot of the attention because right. he's the lead singer, and also he's the most personal personality of all of them. But Joey's number two. Joey's number two, yeah. and then Clown, Clown with his antics, and then and then what? At that point, it's like arguably Mick because he was like like the big broody like yep. yeah the scary looking one <laughs> yeah the scary looking one and after that or and then and then and then they would be Sid because he's literally jumping off the fucking stage and off yeah. the rails and doing all the shit none of that yeah like it teeters after that but yeah no Joey was definitely out there he was definitely more the more prominent one um, fuck but anyway sorry just took over <laughs> no yeah the, so that's this I mean as I've I've not been a Slipknot fan for a while like I mean I still like what I like but I don't actively seek out their music anymore yeah um yeah. and i know my hot take that i you guys did not like was that i think i like stone sour more than <laughs> i do too man rock. i'll be completely honest i feel the same way yeah i it's just more emotional but um but yeah no that is a definite big loss i know he wasn't even really a part of the band anymore right um yeah so, you know it's not like it affects the band immediately but that's their friend that's a the guy they've been right. playing with forever and yeah, it sucks. You know, <laughs> like and it who, just fucking sucks. It just sucks the way he went out because they literally fired him through an email, and like, who yeah. does that? You know, as a as a founding member, like literally like, the drummer, like yeah, it, it was like it was, it was sad. It, it was just very sad that in that way in particular, just being like how how he was treated how, in, in that way, and then it was just like, well, now you guys can't fucking take that one back. And now I'm pretty sure your next album is going to be in dedication too, just like the fifth one. And look how that one turned out. It, that one's not one of my favorite albums like by far just because it just felt too try hard when it probably should have done it sooner and even then it's probably going to be anyway this whole topic is about all the silvering artists we had this conversation with Crows in once it went like 20 minutes (laughs) yeah yeah and I'm only going to go go uh, much further because, yeah, I know we're talking about too soon my other ones are going to be very like ones that are are too soon but my first pick just because it just literally broke my fucking heart I just I couldn't believe that like even still like he was 46 he was well accomplished on like doing having his catalog of music it's just more like selfishly like i never got to see my slipknot band like my lineup even though like losing paul was just like literally like even then i didn't want to see slipknot anymore because like paul was like my fucking guy knowing from like mate feed kill repeat and knowing the trivia that paul was the only one that actually like confessions from the uh, from that uh ep which is literally my favorite song from that ep because it's just <laughs> it's just so goofy and so different and anything but slipknot that's why i like it and that's literally the only song that he really liked from it, or the only band member that liked that song. Um, so yeah, that one would fucking hurt. And now it's just Joey. Yeah. Joey, the fucking drummer, Joey, the inspiration from like, like I guess what I'd call it, call it like what my first favorite drummer. I, man, my song, my song, I'm just gonna call it my song right now. It's, uh, it's purity. 
is parody, but specifically the live version from the Disaster Pieces um, set. And you can find this one on the special edition of the iOS CD. It's like the, instead of like the white and blue album, it's more like the colored version. You can see like the goat more and you just scroll up the bottom and it's like the, the whole London set. And I had the DVD to, to, to this set. And I would say, I would say that I like, I played this disc to the fucking ground, <laughs> but this was one of those like precious treasures to me that I had like the protective skin around the disc. So it would never scratch. So I could have it forever. <laughs> It got to the point where I had to like stop myself from watching this like so many times because I would just like literally have like my own like tornado mosh pit in my room like by myself because like <laughs> seeing that show is just so fucking amp. This is this this is also the set where like honorable mention my other song was like to celebrate him even more. It was going to be the drum solo from that set, but then it's like but the track is literally like it's four minutes long, but a minute and a half of it is like just the the crowd the crowd cheering so it's not that, not that much of a long step but a solo but it is a solo where the the, the machine the contraption the drum set it uh, goes up and then starts going upside down and like he's, yeah. as he's fucking going it's so it's just so fucking boss it's honestly another reason why i fucking love adidas was because of joey and seeing the music videos and him <laughs> just like double pedaling away with the fucking adidas the dude was a fucking master he was just, mm. and then and then discovering fucking uh murder dolls and being like Wait, he's a guitarist. I was going to say, let's talk about Murder Dolls, actually. Because yeah. <laughs> I love Murder Dolls. Yeah. <laughs> I, I was into them before Slipknot. <laughs> nice. <laughs> um, because uh, he he did it with uh, with Trip Eason, who is problematic now, unfortunately. Yeah. And he's related to three of my favorite bands of all time, so that's just great. Uh, thanks for running dope Murder Dolls and Static X, asshole. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but... But yeah, dude, Murder Dolls is great. It's com- it's different. It's completely different than Slipknot, but still awesome. So fucking so. awesome. Like Dead in Hollywood is, is literally the first song I played. Like I didn't I didn't play a Slipknot song first. I literally just because like the words is like Dead in Hollywood, and it was literally just like transported back to our walks from Centennial Middle School to our houses in the fucking heat. But we would just literally be like fr- friends on friends, like earbuds to earbuds, and just like listening to the songs. But yeah, discovering that I was like, oh wait, he's not the double pedal master like drummer from Slipknot. He's a fucking guitarist, like. That's amazing. Like the, that's when I started discovering like talent and people in artists and being like again like a fucking inspiration. And the reason why I'm going with the with this live set is because I mean you listen to any studio live you listen to any studio version of Slipknot and it started to distinguish like it started it started to pick out Joey from the Clown and Chris because like there's like yeah. two custom percussions. And, but in this live version, you can definitely tell when how, how Joey's taking over the hi hats, <laughs> hitting the snares and the toms, and it's him. Especially um, and then the, on the drastic wave of such and such and such, when Corey is saying that, Corey just almost like changes the drum beat and does like this like snare tap, like the snare roll to go with like the with the words in, instead. Oh, I just it's such a good one, and it's such a, it's such a dark song. I, it's one of my favorite fucking songs from Slipknot because it's not one of like the main ones. Uh, but yeah, I'm gonna go with Purity uh, from the live set London London in London 2002 from. Yeah, from the Disaster Piece DVD. And it's an Iowa on the special on the special edition. Ugh, it just it fucking sucked, dude. Like it just uh, I I just wasn't expecting it. And it's, it's not one of those where it's just like a tragic case on like just like a fucked up tale, a fucked up ending. It was just like you just literally just didn't wake up. Like for yeah. no reason. Like or they're not releasing why more, but it was just fuck. Forty six. Forty six too too goddamn young. 
and now we're probably and then for our picks we're probably just gonna go even younger because like I, I i'm selfishly <laughs> picking this one that probably doesn't yeah. really release this one but it was more towards myself that it was too soon that i i'm never gonna get myself on show now ever yeah. <laughs> yeah all of mine are younger than that yeah Same. oh no my my mine drastically come down as well. <laughs> <laughs> so uh daniel who's your first person so I kind of blew my load a little bit too early. So, <laughs> yeah, <that's right. laughs> so you guys can skip me. Sorry. Like a snow by audio slave. <laughs> I kind yeah. of idea this was going to happen. <laughs> um, I have a very widely openly stated obsession with audio slave. Go ahead. I fucking love audio slave. So I recommend, I, I totally like, this is a great pick. <sighs> that one hurt. I, I'm not going to okay. lie. That, that one did hurt. Especially with Chester and him coming so close together, yeah. you know, like that was brutal. And his daughter, like his daughter being like his biggest fan, and oh, that just was brutal to me. So, yeah, I'm with you on that one. So, mm-hmm. I, I, mean, I fucking love the song too. So this, this is a good pick. <laughs> All right, Keith, hit us with your first one. So, that's actually the second audio slave on the playlist this time. Yeah. Nice. So we doubled up again, <laughs> and now we're doubling up a third time. Ooh, ooh! Because I'm doing exactly what I did last time we did this category, <laughs> and I'm putting Amy Winehouse on the playlist again. Yeah, yeah that's has to. I'm putting. Like we already have Valerie. Yes, on the playlist. So I am putting. You know I'm no good. Mm-hmm. I fucking love this song. It's so fucking good. It's. It's sexy, but it's also like it's sexy in a way that you you shouldn't mess with it. You know what I mean? Like it's sexy but dangerous, and it is the theme song for uh, "Secret Diary of a Call Girl," which is oh. a show from the BBC that was so good and um, was really really underrated. And it really was served, or uh, it really yeah served as a great start to that show because it gets you in the mood for it. And just like, it's so good. And as I said, I, I was trying to look for people that, like, oh, I don't even have to say it. Imagine what music would be like if Amy Winehouse kept making music. Oh, just yeah, absolutely. Imagine. Yeah. I loved it, man. Like, singer songwriter, jazzy style. If her and Nora Jones were pumping on music, two completely different types of jazz. I mean, yeah, yeah it would have been wonderful. So that's just the biggest missed opportunity ever. The duo that was in- inevitably going to come out, the duo yeah. single, probably. Yeah, and just uh, she's and imagine all the the collabs she could have done. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah, with Bruno Mars, her and Bruno would have been great together. They would have. That'd have been amazing. Like they could have done a whole like duo album. That'd been so good. But yeah, it's a shame. Um, and then I mentioned the podcast earlier with Mostef and Tilly Quilly. Um, on that episode, he talks about how he knew Amy Winehouse. And the whole thing they're talking about is how do you save somebody that doesn't want to be saved? Yeah. And he talks about how her struggle with drugs. And he's just like, you know, I would talk to her and, you know, I would try to be there for her. And I don't do drugs, but she would do drugs. And instead of like shunning her, I just be like, hey, you can do drugs. But just so you know, I'm not going to, you know. And he's like, but if people are determined, it's a really interesting story. So, yeah, you know, I'm no good by Amy Winehouse. Did you ever watch uh, the documentary that came out on theaters and stuff? For her, no. Oh, dude, um, I think it might still be on Hulu. Watch it. That thing is amazing, but oh, so heartbreaking. You find out so much and why she descended down the road she did. And it's just 
mm-hmm. ultimately so heartbreaking, but it, it's really good. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, she's she's incredible. I mean, there's not, not a lot you can really say about Amy Winehouse that hasn't been said. Yeah, no, so, it, it, it hurts. To, this one, this one always hurts to, like, to hurts a lot to listen back to. And I was late to the Amy Winehouse thing. Oh yeah, yeah, were you? Yeah. So I have a friend here, or a friend who might be listening because she listens to a lot of our episodes. Nice. Um, Thank you. That uh, Raina, by the way, is your name. Hey, Raina. Oh hell yeah! Thank um, you, Raina. So she um she preached Amy Winehouse to me early on, and I was like, ah, I'm good. I'm like, nah, this this I, I only heard rehab, of course, and I'm like, eh. <laughs> and then later on, this is the same girl that has got me into every pop artist, but. I rejected it and then came back to her being like, I really like them. She's like, but why didn't you listen to me? So <laughs> I like to mess with her now and be like, Hey, if you're this girl, Taylor Swift, she's great. She's like, fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> so Amy Winehouse, I'm like, I actually respect Amy Winehouse quite a bit now. She's like, she took it personally that I had to do it on my own without her. <laughs> so, so yeah, I had to give that shout out. Cause she's, if she's listening, she's probably really annoyed with me right now. So. <laughs> That's right. Keith discovered her first. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Please keep listening to the show, please. Okay. Well, I'm not gonna like drastically bum it out and bum it down now because I'm already coming up the work. So we're gonna switch some songs over here. And yeah, this one hurts me a lot because it's one of those where like, oh, I discovered this guy. Oh fuck, he's gone. Let me see how. Why? Wait, what the fuck? And yeah. Again, one of those where this man could have just, like, we could have had a different face of music if this guy just hadn't died. He, he died at 30, but he only had one project out. And that is my man, Jeff Buckley. I live with Daniel. That's right. I live with Daniel, <laughs> so he knows that I played this record so yep. goddamn much. It is my favorite record to play, like, my favorite vinyl to play on my record player. It's just, like, there's nothing this is so different it almost hurts me when i have to listen to it in the studio version and i can't play it and i just like can't click the needle down and just, it just has a whole different vibe and sound and it's, it's just so magical like the dude's voice this range this like was borderline infinite um yeah th- and th- this one sucks because like so the way he died was i like, guess he was in Tennessee. I want to see. I want to see Memphis just off the bat, but it was definitely in Tennessee where it's like there's like a, a big a big canal, a big ass river. And he was literally just like washed away. Like he was with a roadie. So he's like, so he wasn't alone. And he was just like swimming in the fucking river. And then I guess the only story, the only case witness that we have is said roadie. And the only case that is like, is that he was singing in the fucking river and he was moving some instruments and the chair and a chair off of the shore because a tugboat was, was coming by and he didn't want the waves to just like mess up the equipment. And then it goes silent. And then he's just gone and he just stays gone until like the body is found. He either got swept away. Something caught him. I, I don't fucking know. Like when they found him, it wasn't like he was just like messed up on drugs or like or on or, or super drunk and just like, well, that happens. Like, no, like this dude was like, of sound like it said, like there was something wrong with him. And Grace is just such a fucking great album because it's like discovering music. It's like, yeah, you, you get you get your you get your taste you get and you know what you when you look out for music you know what you want to get with jeff buckley it was almost like you just have the one album but it's like you don't know what you're gonna get like it's like all right it's, it's an album from the 90s you see the cover album and you're just gonna get like that indie vibes or like those radio hits from the 90s and this dude just throws out different vibes different songs any any type of range of like yeah there's rock there's some grungy sides but then um uh corpus christi 
Corpus Christi, oh, fuck something. It's, it's literally borderline an, an opera song. Like you can just see, like this guy had a fucking range, and then Eternal Life just is just him going hard as fuck. And he was a great guitarist. Like I back when, like when I play more music uh, back then, and I was like, oh, maybe I can learn this. The dude had complicated godlike talent and chords. Like it's probably also a reason why it's it, it's like on my, my hot take. But he does like, the the best cover of Hallelujah, and it's pro- and also because his voice and his guitar the, his guitar playing, his guitar playing on, on top of it, and the fact that he can belt that voice and still play pick at those strings, yeah, that's some fucking talent right there. Um, yeah, I'm a, I'm a, I'm always so sad thinking back on this guy because yeah, it could have been a different face of music. Just his collaborations, his other albums that could have been. He was literally working on the second one when, like, in the process of, of him dying. So there's only the kind of like demos of like new songs of, of like the, of the second album. But yeah, this one fucking sucks. Like it's just like one of those like lost voices of a generation, really, because like mm-hmm. it was just so it was just so powerful. So the one I'm gonna go with um, is 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 the song Grace, but again, it's gonna be a live version in particular, and this is from the Grace EP live. And this is live at, Poly, at the Palais Theater in Melbourne, Australia, from February 1996. Um, so it's probably one of the, the last the last times he ever actually played the song, or at least that it was actually recorded, because uh, he died in 97 uh, at the age of 30. But yeah, so it's Grace, live at the Palais Theater from the, the Grace EP. And yeah, I fucking hate that we can't get more of him ever, but he's just singing away at the heavens and just... Bu- <laughs> bopping it up over there <laughs> and you were right he did pass away in memphis memphis okay cool, cool. yeah i just want like a basic bitch to see like hey tennessee so memphis off the bat <laughs> all right so daniel who's your second broken heart my second one is it, it's gonna be uh chester bennington Ooh. that uh i didn't like the direction that lincoln park was going after minutes of midnight but that man was talented he could sing like an angel, plus also deliver the you know the heavy shouts that we needed in a in a metal new metal band. Um, definitely, and just the way because those who know me, I I do have anxiety and I do have depression as well. So those who know me know what it is. And he was just a open beacon, open voice, you know, to that, and always supported those rights. But um, so. And he always, you know, said like, I, you know, I'm the type of guy that can never really be fixed. I can, you know, n- nobody's going to know what's going on with me. Nobody knows what's causing my depression and my anxiety. And sometimes it just overwhelms you. Like you don't want to get in here because once you get inside my head, it's just going to be a dark, dark place. And it just goes to show, you know, much, you know, no matter how much money you have, how many resources you have, it sometimes it does get to you and gets to the point that, you know, you, you know, end up taking your life and that that hurts the closest ones to you and also your biggest fans as well. Um, the song I'm going to go with is going to be, um, there should be a different song, but I'm going to go with uh, One Step Closer Live, the one from uh, the Live in Texas album, oh. just because he goes so heavy with those, with those shouts. So definitely that's the song I'm going to go with. Dude, Live in Texas is hard as fuck. I fucking love that album. It's a solid album. Or it's, it's just a great performance like, throughout it. So yeah, it's, it's a good one. Got the opportunity to see him three times and uh-huh. 
Snoop Dogg wasn't actually going to, Machine Gun Kelly and Snoop Dogg were going to open for Lincoln Park at that show. <laughs> that's but, actually really, I mean, for a Slipknot, for, for, for a Snoop Dogg to open for Lincoln Park, that's actually a pretty cool headline. Yeah. yeah. I used to, I actually used to have the EP, the Hybrid Theory EP, when they were still known as Hybrid Theory. Oh, no shit. Nice. I used to have that, and that was the first time I'd ever heard of them. Mm-hmm. As I got it at, um, at Ozfest the year I went. Oh, okay. Come out like two months before then. So, okay. yeah. Yeah, and this, and, uh, this is the thing is like, friends, like, just like the the connection that music can give you. Cause I, I really, I, I didn't, my first best friend in San Luis, Arizona, uh, his name is Ramon. And I literally <laughs> would love to go over to his house cause like, I, he had like the different video games that I didn't. Uh, but he had literally hybrid theories. So I was like, just to jam out, like when I didn't, I didn't have my own CD. Um, but yeah, just, Chester Bennington was another one that hurt, even though it was just like it was almost like not that long ago, but it just feels so long yeah. ago too. Um, yeah, that was a surprise because like I, I hadn't listened to really Linkin Park at all, and then that's just like the sporadic songs from Minister Midnight and then yeah. before. But I did, I did like Hunting Party when they actually kind of went back to like the roots a little bit. Hunting a Party few was, songs. was all right. Yeah, a few songs. Yeah, but Chester was one of those like fuck. Did not see that coming, but it's just, nope. but it's like you 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 think it was just like well he's like at least he's letting it go in, in the songs that he had, he had like those heavy tracks you you don't listen to Giving Up like the same way anymore right like uh one more light and then the song that he had with uh, you dude with you yeah. from, from like the, the bridge that yeah the bridge that he gets like in the late in the song and it's like that shit is just like it's, it's said differently now it's like yeah mm. but yeah I'm a I'm a really big fan of Breaking the Habit. I know that's a really polarizing oh, song oh, yeah. for Linkin Park fans, but I feel like that was like one of his most emotional songs. I yeah, really yeah. like that. So and that's the one I always think of when I think of Linkin Park now. Yeah, and then uh, the song that uh, I think is heavy, the one that he has with uh, Kiara, and then like I said, uh, Giving Light, that, those are like the suicide awareness ones too, and it's just mm-hmm. song about it, but ultimately this is what happened. Or One More Light, I'm sorry, and this is ultimately you know what we got, what happened. Yeah. Damn, yeah, it's, it's so hard to just like to just move on to the, to the next one without just having like one last word again. But uh, Keith, what is uh, your second pick? This next pick is for me, but just as much for me as for our friend T Dog, who is not here to make this choice for himself. Uh, my song is an NWA song on behalf of Easy E. Yeah, uh, and of course, I'm gonna choose "Fuck the Police." <laughs> yes, miss you, T Dog. <laughs> miss you, T Dog. Um, with a little analysis, uh. And again, I'm going for Game Changers. Man, how much more like thug rap would have survived if Easy had stuck around? Like oh. he was the godfather of of gangster rap. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. And so, like, would we like think about the late '90s and early 2000s? And it got kind of cheesy with rap. It got very radio for the radio. Yeah. Yeah. Look, like, imagine would we would we have stayed a little darker? Would he've I mean, didn't he? I think he was the producer of Bone Thugs and Harmony and stuff. Who else would he have produced? You know, like who? Who? I mean, who would have he discovered instead of like others or just other yeah. names? Are just having just that flew by because he wasn't there. Oh, totally. Yeah. I totally. I totally so, get that. So yeah, that's an easy one. Obviously, easy. Fuck the police uh, with NWA. So. Okay, I'm gonna try and do this next part without crying because it fucking sucks i was talking earlier about losing a voice of a generation and yeah uh, selena 
absolutely, Selena. Knew it. I fucking knew it. I was waiting for it. <laughs> had to be. That's why I, did, I, I, I didn't want to put it right next to uh, Amy Winehouse because I was already like already feeling the emotional part of that of that topic. So I was like, let me just swap these really quick. Um, let me let me real quick before you start. Yeah. Let me give you privy to a conversation I had today. <laughs> I was asking Liz to help me make these final decisions. She's like, "Well, Selena died young," and I said, "Do you think I'm the one on this podcast that should add Selena to the playlist?" <laughs> He's like, what if no one else does? I'm like, Liz, someone's going to say sleep. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah. And at age 23, like, that's literally, like, that's literally just, like, thinking about that alone is, is what just get it just already just gets me fucking riled up. And I can't even, like, go after that. I'm just, I'm already feeling like the knot tightening around my fucking throat. Um, but, yeah, like, how can you just, like, square down and just pick one song for this category from Selena? So I'm just, I'm just, I'm thinking of like, of a, of a what if scenario, of a what if future where she was around and how fun, how amazing it would have been to just go to one of her shows to just experience, not just like seeing like Selena y Los Dinos just like on stage and live, but to just dance, to just like feel the music, be part of the people, just be one with everything that's just being enveloped in those from those moments cumbia is just what like the latino uh, south of the border version of like of disco so if you see where i'm going with this yeah i'm gonna go with one of their most funnest songs and that's the opening track to the last concert album and that's the disco medley because i fucking start crying in the happiest of ways for the song where like I'd probably be a fucking mess, like it would say, like if if she was still around, and they and they just like fucking threw out a disco medley in my face, and it's like I'd be fucking crying because I'm dancing for the happiest moments, and just because like I'm experiencing all of this, and the way she just does this is it's literally a seven minutes long, because as for a disco medley, medley to open up with, I will survive into funky town, and it's just like a fucking bob into uh, fucking. Um, Oh my god! Then she goes into uh, "Last Dance" by Donna. Oh my god, Donna Summer. She gets it, and the, this is where it fucking gets serious. Because yeah, I will survive in fucking town. We all know these ones. Let's just get funky with it. But then it gets serious with fucking "Last Dance," and then it trans- it does a perfect transition into the hustle, which is like, for sure, why not? Let's go back to some silly stuff. But then again, she doubles down with the with Donna Summer and gets on the and pulls out on the radio. And it's just so, it's just so fucking magical. I mean, to just get this, to just like dance disco to a cumbia beat to fucking Selena Los Dinos, like, I fucking can't. Like, it, it, it's too goddamn much. And it's just, sorry, <laughs> I'm already slapping everything down because I'm already just, I miss her so much. Like, this is a true, like, lost voice of a generation. Like, imagine this space of music being around, those collaborations, like, with, like, yeah, we got Shakita, but like, what if all any any like any of those those missing songs or like the songs that didn't make it? If she was around, she would just completely swept it up and just made the fucking yeah. music better than what we have now. It's great, but just everything could have been so much better. Once again, imagine the collabs. Yeah, like everything. Imagine all the modern rappers that would be doing a duet with Selena. You're probably yeah. right. Yeah, a lot of bops. And yeah, it's just it's a, it's such a mm, you get angry, you get so sad, but ultimately you just. <laughs> You're there for Selena listening to it, so just keep just keep the songs playing. Just keep just keep them rolling. It's just she'll be there for you. Ah, okay. 
that was really really hard for me so daniel take it away yeah um next one is going to be and i feel like i'm going just so basic with these but uh kurt cobain honestly yeah of course um um the song i'm picking is the man who sold the world um i prefer this one over the david bowie version in my opinion and has to be the unplugged version as well apparently that's a hot take i think that's just truth like a lot of people prefer the Bowie version. I'm like, why? Yeah, it's so weird. I've listened to both and I just can't compare them. Yeah. But at this point, I do feel that even then, if uh, Kurt was still alive to this day, Dave would have disbanded from the band. But everybody, you know, even Pat Smear probably would have. Chris might have stuck around, but I know definitely Pat Smear would have left the group as well. Uh, probably to, you know, gone to. Foo Fighters, I I have a feeling that... To sit on his ass, probably. Sit on his ass, but I feel like he would definitely still find replacements (laughs) because in the world of music, it's fucked up to say, but everybody pretty much is replaceable. If you can play, you know, guitar, you can play drums, everybody pretty much is replaceable. It happens all the goddamn time. Might, Might not be as good as the originals, but, you know, anybody can really replace what you're playing. But even if uh, Kurt was, you know, sitting on his, da- on his ass, I, no, I that, that was for Pat. That was for Pat. He's a Pat hater. <laughs> <laughs> I like Pat for the record. I do too, actually. <laughs> too but you brought him up. So I should, I should point out that Chris Novacek would not be in Nirvana anymore. Cause Kirk Cobain would kick his ass out. Oh yeah. After his most recent statements. Oh, yeah, he got, so. he got all political and shit for a while. Oh, I was just like, Chris is a total sellout. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Fuck you, dude. <laughs> <laughs> but anyways, yeah, go on. <laughs> but definitely, I, I still feel like he would do the right thing and support, you know, uh, Foo Fighters and that sort of thing. But definitely I still feel he would have some sort of angsty. I don't know. His voice is kind of whiny, but I like the whiny. It works for him. I think he'd still be creating kind of music. And I, really do miss his music even though probably because he's out there whenever he would talk about his music or like his take on music and how the songwriting came so i think you, you know he he is a a great one that we lost a little bit too soon as well part of 27 club oh yeah no totally yeah. and it's just like he had just such a simple way of playing yeah like his, his chord progressions but it was, it was ultimately like what he had to say that was like why he was just that he would resonate with people, you know. Like Kurt, Kurt for sure, like is is one that hurts. It's just like yeah, you want to call it a a basic pig, but no, it's, <laughs> like it's it's there for a fucking reason. I think he's a great, uh, he's a good lyricist, or I guess songwriter, yeah. you could say. But definitely, you no, know, his music was kind of sloppy, and you can say it like he was really easy with his chords. And like you mentioned, you know, but definitely that that one did hurt, uh, even though mm-hmm. why I was three years old when it happened, but. Ultimately, growing up and listening to Nirvana, I was like, this is the greatest shit ever. <laughs> yeah, the music always stayed. All right. And Keith, you're number three. My number three. Okay, so we're going to talk about an artist. This is going to be one of those, oh, yeah, artists. Um, an artist that I think was underrated in her time. And is almost forgotten now, unfortunately, but could have changed the entire landscape of R and B had she stuck, had she lived long enough. 
dying at the tender age of 22, my third choice is Aaliyah. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. That's a really good one. She's an incredible artist. Her first album, which is incredible, by the way, Mm -hmm. was recorded when she was 15 years old. That's insane. Yeah. It's one of the best soulful albums. Like, I, I love that album. It's so good. Um, and Jesus, she just oozed talent. And then she started acting and doing a decent job at it, you know? Like, and I'm like, holy shit, like, this girl can do anything. And then. Queen of the Damned, yo. <laughs> yeah, I love Queen of the Damned. And then her plane went down and she died. And. Yeah. Hostway knows because we have a history with this. I have a major weakness for hip hop and R&B female artists from the '90s and early mm-hmm. 2000s. I, that's one of my favorite genres, and Aaliyah's up there with any of them. Yeah, like as as far as the R&B side of it, obviously, if we're talking about rap, Missy kills everybody. <laughs> <laughs> but but um, yeah, dude, Aaliyah, Jesus, imagine, just imagine. That would have been great. Have it in this day. Yeah. So I'm going to pick the song down with the click. Because I didn't want it to be another sad, slow song. Yeah. I wanted to be kind of a more upbeat song because we're, we're getting kind of dreary. So. <laughs> <laughs> so I went down with the click. It's a fun song. It's upbeat and it's just great. But listen to the whole album. It's great. The album, unfortunately, is named Age is Just a Number. Yeah. And at the time, yeah. she was very young, dating <laughs> a man she shouldn't have been dating. Yep. That's all unfortunate. The song ages this number is really good, but I don't want to pick it because of that ickiness. So, uh, yeah, I'm going to go with down with the click. Cool, cool, cool. All right. Bonus around because we don't have an extra person. We got an extra song. And because of this, it totally ruined my theme on just, on just picking live songs. So my fourth song is not going to be a live song because I chose it last minute. But nonetheless, it's actually really um, a really dope song from a dope band this is actually um, technically a, a, a sochi pick she was actually bumping them and she's like yeah why not these why not these guys this band is called paralisis permanente it's a spanish band a spanish po- post-punk band from the 80s and these guys are, pretty, are are noted to being the precursors of the dark sound to la movida uh, madrileña and that's basically a, a movement that happened in, in spain madrid that was basically like a, a a musical revolution or a whole like a countercultural revolution that kind of happened after uh, Franco died. So a lot of changes had to happen um, with that with that happening. So there's this band called Paralisis Permanente, and in this band, sadly, basically like they got they got the, the leader of the band Eduardo Eduardo Benavente. Uh, he was a uh, he was the car the guitarist to it. He died at fucking age twenty, literally on 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 a random night. It was just um, it was a, it was a car it was a car accident involved. Like he and I think two of the other band members just got in a, got in a car and just ended up getting a car crash. Um, just pretty much like outside Saragossa, and he was the only one that pretty much like he was the only one that died from, from the band. But it's just like, but it has that sweet like. Uh, once you once you start listening to this band, you like you know that '80s fucking post punk sound, and that you're just you're just down with, and just like it's one of those bands that are just like it just really hits because you don't get a lot of like I mean like the whole like rock and español that I absolutely love. It's just really that it's just rock or hard rock 
or pretty much like kind of radio friendly type of rock. These guys, if these guys would have would have stayed around, like this, there's really no sound like this unless you kind of go outside of like the norm of like the mainstream that is like Latin music. And it's kind of like one of the things I don't like about Latin culture music is just like if it's not mainstream, that's ultimately shit. It's kind of how, it, how it's looked at. Uh, but these guys, if they would have, if they would have stayed around, because so when when Eduardo died, the band just disbanded. It was just that, like, the, without this guy, we, we really can't continue. Then that means he was a talent. Yeah, I mean, like, I'm I'm sure it fucking hurt. It's also like the '80s when it's just like I'm pretty sure it was in Spain to find to find another voice like this, or just like someone. I'm pretty sure someone they found irreplaceable. And so yeah, they only they were only able to put out two albums. I mean. I guess fuck one album and the next three are compilation albums of like maybe what ifs. So yeah, if these guys would have stuck around, it would have given a, a great sound or at least like made punk a little more normal in, um, in Latin music. Cause it's, it's kind of really more like frowned upon or it's just more like, and it's kind of like, ah, which there's good music there too. If you actually listen to it and it doesn't all have to be just Latin pop. Yeah. So yeah, the, so uh, Par- Paralis Permanente is the name of the band and the song I'm going with is uh, Autosuficiencia um, and yeah it just has that that post-punk classic sound and again once you listen to it you'd be like yo I need more of this and sadly you're only gonna, gonna get a limited a limited amount of this because mm, why why so yeah gone too soon so yeah that's my last round um, yeah I'll come back to my honorable mentions because I do have this one guy still have to, still have to talk about as well so Daniel, what is your last pick? Last one, and again, going basic, but Bradley <laughs> Noel from Sublime. Uh, he was on my list, on my extended list, yeah. And definitely um, the song is Badfish, and the whole song about Badfish is, you know, someone introducing you to heroin, which was what led to his, you know, untimely death. So yeah, definitely would still be grooving, would be uh, smoking a lot of weed on stage if... Uh, you know, he was still alive, uh, probably really great performances. And, you know, don't get me wrong, Rome is a, a, a talented singer as well, but it's not the same thing. You know, it's not Bradley. It's not. Yeah, it's not. I've seen a live, their live videos and they're great, but definitely, you know, without Bradley, it's uh, a whole different vibe. But definitely, yeah, Badfish and Bradley is, have, has to be my pick, especially with, all the goddamn different genre, not genres, but all the different songs and themes they have in their songs it was amazing. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I fucking love Seed. Seed is just it goes so fast. Yeah, yeah. So Badfish, Sublime, All right, dope. <laughs> um, Keith, how are you gonna close off the page this time? I'm gonna close off the page in the most depressing way possible. Oh god! Okay. Oh god! I'm oh. gonna cry. So no celebrity death has ever hit me as hard as this death. Mm-hmm. I actually cried when right. this happened because I was looking forward to so much from this person. Yeah. And you'll see this person is not by reputation, a musician. Oh, okay. Yeah. You know, yeah. what's coming, yeah. but they are a musician. Mm-hmm. And that man's name was Anton Yelchin. Yep. Uh, I literally, I remember getting so upset because I was like, he's like one of the best actors in Hollywood. Absolutely. Like, he's going to make so much great movies. Yep. Yeah. And just and just the way he died. A freak was accident. Just yeah. such, like, such, so bullshit. It was just, 
you were almost like, no, that's not right. Is this a fucking Onion article or something? Like, mm-hmm. you're yeah. like, this is no, that didn't happen. But he died, and then. Uh, so Rudderless is one of my favorite movies. Oh, absolutely. And I love Rudderless, and I was really, really tempted to pick a song off of Rudderless. But I didn't. Um, there was a, a biography about him after he died. Oh, Love on Tosha? Yes. And that, I'm picking that, a song from that soundtrack. Now, uh, you ready to get your heart broken for real? I picked the song, Mama, I'll Sing the Blues for You. <sighs> Fuck, I can't even listen to this song. <laughs> like, it just brings me down. And just, Jesus, not even, not just, I mean, I kind of touched on a little bit with, with Aaliyah, but a true double threat. He could have been a musician. That could have been his career. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, he didn't have to be an actor as well. well he's he a, a born photographer, too. Like, a fucking yeah. good one, too. Yeah. Had he's a great just, eye. Uh, I just think about, like, all the things he could have done. He could have, you know... Stepped into a major, you know, reoccurring role in movies like, you know, like a Robert Downey Jr. type character. You know, he could mm-hmm. be around forever. He could play things forever. Yeah. And just a stupid freak accident and all of that just erased. And I'm also a big Star Trek fan. Oh, yeah. And, he was and, great. And he was like, yeah, I, I've loved Star Trek forever. But when they did that reboot, I was like, he's fucking perfect. <laughs> like, I was like, I loved him in that. And then when he died, I was like, oh, man. And then there was this whole thing like, should we recast? Probably not. Is anyone going to do as good of a job as him? No. Yeah. So I, they're going to write the character out, basically. Yeah. Okay. And so and I'm kind of like, man. I'm, I'm surprised that, that Dodge Jeep is still around for that. Just throwing it out right. there. Just completely discontinue that whole fucking thing. So I love his whole thing that he he would he was basically copying his grandpa, like doing English is how he got his accent for, the, for Star Trek. It just breaks my heart, dude. Yeah. <laughs> And just he's, he was the best. He was. I never watched anything of his I didn't like. Yeah, Charlie Bartlett, like fucking a like, green room, intense as fuck. That last movie he made with the the two girls who wanted to kill their one of their stepdads, and he was like, the it was a friend. vampire one too. Uh, that I, it's on, it's on Amazon that I've been meaning to watch. It's probably one of his last ones because um, it was from twenty fourteen. It has Tilda Swinton in it and, and Tom Hiddleston. Okay. Mm. Mm. And then also, Liz put me onto this because she knows how to make me watch things. Um, the show uh, Troll Hunters, the one that Guillermo uh, oh, yeah. yeah. made, he he voiced the lead in it. And she's like, "I'm gonna watch Troll Hunters." I'm like, "Fucking why?" It's a DreamWorks show. She's like, "Well, Anton Yelchin does the main character." I'm like, God damn it! And so I watched up until the point where his voice changed because Anton died. Oh, <laughs> so. Yeah, man, that was brutal. And especially because if you watch Rudderless, you know, with actors, you can't help but attach characters to them. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's not a good movie and character to attach to somebody that you lose at a young age. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, I get you. So it was just brutal. But yeah, Anton Yelchin, Yelchin, Mama, I'll sing the blues for you. Fuck, that song breaks me every time. So, yeah. Fuck. Uh, did you have any honorable mentions, by the way? <sighs> fucking shit um so uh daniel actually mentioned a lot of mine um which you know sorry chris cornell <laughs> no it's good chris cornell was one um and i i was kind of like this sounds horrible um i was like was it too soon you know like it's always too soon but you know mm-hmm. what i mean like i was just kind of like he gave us a lot 
am I am I selfish to ask for more? You know what I mean? <laughs> um I also thought of Kurt. Um, but I already had um Amy Winehouse from the twenty seven club. And oh. I didn't want this to be twenty seven club people. Right. So why I made that decision. Yeah. Similar reasons why I didn't pick Jimi Hendrix or Janis Joplin. Mm-hmm. I was very tempted to do those. Uh Tupac came up. Um but I'm not the biggest Tupac fan to be honest. You know? And then um I always thought Biggie was better, which I guess Biggie would have counted too. So Yeah, yeah. True. Um The Day the Music Died trio. Richie Valens, Buddy Holly, Big Bopper, mm-hmm. all died mm-hmm. young. Um Oh fucking my last cut was Sid Vicious from the Sex Pistols. Oh, no shit, yeah. Yeah. So that was that was yeah. And most of the others I thought you guys would say, the one I didn't pick that I assume somebody would say was Lisa Left Eye Lopez from TLC. Oh, that's true. Yeah. Yeah. So, but that's my honorable mentions. No specific ones, but, you know, just mm-hmm. general thoughts. Going backwards, Daniel, do you have any honorable mentions? People didn't make the cut. Uh, yeah. So, uh, Scott Pateski, uh, Daisy Berkowitz from Marilyn Manson. Um, oh. Because he had to put a lot of shit with uh, Marilyn Manson, a lot of feuds. Also, um, uh, Eddie Van Halen, but only because uh, what Wolfgang Van Halen, like the tribute song that he wrote for his dad is fucking amazing, but heartbreaking. And then uh, also uh, Scott Whelan from Stone Temple Pilots. Fuck yeah. Yeah. We Um, actually, um, funny thing about that mm -hmm. um, with Scott Whelan, me and my friends were, we were big grunge grunge fans. We were right age for it. And so you got you got like all the big grunge bands, right? And I include I include Stone Temple Pilots there on kind of the periphery of, of grunge. But could you imagine if you told me in '94 that the last surviving lead singer of the grunge bands would be fucking dude from Pearl Jam? Like <laughs> of all the bands, like it's like Jesus Christ, man. <laughs> like, so yeah, I just think that's funny. So I always think of that. But, yeah. Um, I, uh, and, I, and I did oh, have another album mention I wanted I'll to go for. Um, it felt like a cheat to say it, mm-hmm. but Hillel Slovak from the original guitarist for the Red Hot Chili Peppers. Oh, um, shit. Yeah. Oh, ooh, fuck. Okay. Oh, you're right. Yeah. I thought about that. The problem is the album they put out with him. I don't really like that much. Yeah. Yeah. But he's incredibly talented. Yeah. So, and John Frusciante is really great. So I don't know how much would it change. It sounds horrible, but you know, so yeah. True. So that was my last one. Yeah. Nice. Um, my two honorable mentions going from oldest to youngest, and also, also just they make the cut because it was that like they they were a little older. I was like my oldest one was like George Jordan at forty six, but these guys more like they didn't. There wasn't enough like like body of work, and that's um, Brian St. Pierre, and that's the the drummer for Hum, a band that I constantly talk about and and I really hyped out because hyped them up re- recently last year because they um they came up with in- inlet and they basically took a 20 year hiatus so it was mostly that was mostly like on the band for having the hiatus and having that that 20 year gap but like you listen to those first three albums the first four albums technically we just can't really find that first one it's hard to find two but three uh two three and four are just fucking incredible incredible fucking albums like they're from the 90s so you want to just chalk them up to like on, on the grunge wall but they are fucking not. They're just such a great goddamn band, and to just have that hiatus, just because probably because the grunge uh, scene died, and that's kind of what people thought of them, and they weren't probably going to make it after that. At least, like not like for them to really stick around. Uh, so yeah, it wasn't until twenty twenty, and they they came back out with Inlet, and it was just 
again so fucking good where it was just like picking up where they left off and i mean it's not it's not that they stopped playing music either it was really cool that you you find some articles where they'd actually play some some dive bars or or some shows at local places like three out of the four members but you can only imagine that obviously the drummer had to be involved for for these shows uh so at least like i mean like within within that 20 year gap at least like a good amount of people still got to see them and appreciate them. So that's when the end didn't make the cut. Also, I really couldn't single out one fucking song uh, to really pick. And then the other one is shit. I, my, I needed my boy crows in here for this one as well. I he, he probably would have picked them. I picked him, but Chi Chang from Deftones, the oh, original yeah. basis. Yeah. Like him, like having going into like um, games and a, and a, and not a mobile crash and then being in a coma for a while and going to cardiac arrest and just didn't make it out it just it just really sucked and and that one he did have six albums under deftone so it's kind of like well he did he did have a body of work wasn't too soon it just sucks that he did but it was just like we'll never get arrows we'll never get like that project that was supposed to be before uh diamond eyes and even then diamond eyes is really fucking good what that would have sounded like with with cheese bass playing or even Koino Yokin, fucking Gore probably would have been so much better because the the guitarist would have been you know what like the whole band is here. Let's, let me I'll, I'll only chalk up Gore for not being that good because the guitarist wasn't that really into it, um, so that's why. But then what, what the fuck arrows would have been after that? And yeah, it it just sucks. Like it just sucks. Like I I just I just want to I want to listen to arrows so fucking bad, but I get that it's not mastered, it's not finished, so it would just be not that good. Yeah. So. Yeah, so that's why he didn't make the cut. He still had six al- six albums under him, and then and and also it wouldn't be fair since my favorite Deftones album is his last one, Saturday Night Wrist. Um, it's just such a great fucking chill album, and for being Deftones. Uh, so yeah, those are my two honorable mentions. Um, yeah, they just I actually had another one, and I can't believe I completely blanked on this. Hit me because I it almost made my list. I'll be honest. Yeah, Lynn Strait from Snot, the punk oh. band Snot. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um. He was the lead singer. Uh, he died at 30 uh, in a car wreck. Uh, they really only had the one album with him. And he was great. If you're into the like SoCal punk scene, he was just so good. And I remember, because it was when I went, again, when I went to OzFest, is when they released the uh, tribute album for him called Straight Up. And I don't know if you've ever listened to this. If you haven't, check it out. You would fucking love it. Hmm. Um, it's got, uh, corn, slipknot, seven dust, coal chamber, system of a down, Soulfly, like all kinds of people on it doing tributes to him. And the seven dust song angel's son is about him, by the way. Oh, no shit. So yeah, that was, that was one of those ones that like, we have no idea what would happen if he'd have been around. You know what I mean? Like it was so early, but then that many people being like into him at that young age and willing to do a tribute is pretty big test. Ozzy's on that fucking record. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, like that's crazy. So, um, but yeah, I had to throw that one out there for, I forget. Yeah. Uh, I, I guess. Oh, go, go for it. Go ahead. Hit me then. You know, you go for it. Peter Steele from typo negative. Oh yeah. Uh, fuck okay. yeah. That's uh, totally. yeah, fucking awesome. Um, I guess. And also my last one, um, Darby crash. Since this is for, since we brought up, uh, Pat Smear, we can't we can't just bring up past Mary and not talk about Darby Crash from the Germs. Um yeah. even though yeah, he, the, the dude was just crazy, he was like really in the punk lifestyle scene, so ultimately that's what doomed him. And it's just like just keep your friends close and just talk to each other. I just probably help help each other out. But Darby Crash is one of those where 
he was already changing the fucking punk scene just yeah. for his antics. And then just like the songs alone, or what songs could have came out after that, uh, were just how fucking big the germs would have gotten had just all that fame not rushed his head like so soon. But yeah, he just all these incredible people, all these incredible people that would would have changed the face of music that we have today. All these influences that would have just branched out even further had we gotten like all these missing songs that we just don't know. So it, it sucks that we have to set, end this particular theme and episode on such a bummer note. Uh, but yeah, that's why we do this. So we can just talk about all the music that we love and why we love them. So yeah, those are the closing thoughts on this one. We get to move <laughs> on and talk about new releases. So Keith, what do you see on your end? I see some fun stuff. Um, we have a new Nas album. Oh, what? Okay. Yeah. King's Disease 2. So, I'm definitely oh, no, checking she, that it's out. Keep going. <laughs> we also have, and I'm not joking, a Barbara Streisand album. Oh my god, I just saw that. And you know what? <laughs> what? I'm, a, I'm gonna listen to it. Fuck it, let's do it. You know, like, um, <laughs> we're also getting the 50th anniversary of George Harrison's All Things Must Pass, which is an incredible album. Ooh, Ooh yeah. So, um, and one of my favorite things on the list this week is we're getting kids bop super hits. Oh my god, no. No, no. Featuring such songs as Shout Out to My Ex, <laughs> Ciao Adios, Make Some Noise, no. and Dancing on My Own. I really want to listen to this. <laughs> kids bop makes me laugh so hard. <laughs> how Why? they like how they sanitize music. It's fucking great. How they sanitize. <laughs> it's, just, it's just so unlistenable when they're done with it um other than that i don't see a lot this week yeah um, i'm literally just drawing up one thing and thank god it's the thing i've actually been excited for but it's the the re-release of the nightwish album once oh yeah, um, yeah, yeah. with uh with like basically with a new band like the new singer yeah. and of course it's nightwish so it's literally almost a double album because it's a an instrumental remastered of the it's a whole second side of it it's not even like the same album or is it oh it is Oh fuck yeah, yeah! You get the instrumental and and the original just re redone with the new as the new set. Fuck yeah! Well, that's what we're listening to because it's literally two fucking hours long, and I don't see anything <laughs> else that I'm actually really into that's coming out. Now next week, ooh okay, we are getting a new Killer Cell. Oh, and another one called Pressure Machine. Okay, okay, and this looks like it's taking me back to day and age. That's what I'm getting the feel for. So I'll fucking take it. Hell yeah. yeah. Uh, so, and then what else is that week? Uh, it looks like it's a bigger week next week. Um, Black Bear, which I don't like, but some people do. <laughs> Apparently Iggy Azalea is still making music. Yeah, she is. is she? <laughs> yeah. Sepultura. Yeah, they had that single Sepul- out last Porta. time. <laughs> <laughs> so that's what, yeah. Um, Cheryl Crow. I'm always down for a Cheryl Crow. Oh, it's a live album even. Um, Rainbow Kitten Surprise <laughs> live album. That's cool. Ben Platt. Um, Jennifer Hudson. Oh, that's the the Respect soundtrack, the Aretha Franklin soundtrack. Ooh, okay. So it's gonna be her doing Aretha songs. That's gonna be good. Um, I think that's all I see for next week. I just pulled up the the Nas album. Oh yeah, so two things I'll be listening to then. Yeah. From this new new one. Yeah. And the killers I'm very excited about, so. Oh yeah, but that's not till like next week. Yeah, that's next week, so. 
yeah, that's all I really see. Okay, yeah, my side too. So we move on. I bring up this, and oh yeah. So what is going to be the next episode, Keith? Our next randomly determined episode is making history. Oh, because we are going back to the very first episode of this show we've ever recorded. Ooh. It was the first category we ever did. It's the only one we did not randomly determine. Right. We just said, let's start with this category. Yeah. And I cannot wait to go back. That category is 90s hip-hop. 90s hip-hop. Oh, damn. Okay. Yeah. This is going to be a fun one. Yeah, because even then back then, we only had two. We only picked two songs each. So, Ooh. yeah. That's a more structured show. We have more stuff to more more fun to play with. Uh, yeah, I'm very excited to come back to this. Uh, yeah, this first category that we ever did as well. President has to be here for this one. So many stuff has, has happened for this one. This is it was also the first time we got the true vertigo because I remember T Dog went right before me and put some like hardcore gangster rap on, and then I put <laughs> Belbeth DeVoe immediately afterwards. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> So I was like, that is yeah. so true. Even then, the the essence was still there. That vertigo was still there. <laughs> so that concludes this episode of Jukebox Vertigo. Thank you to the host for your great picks, Daniel. Any shout out, inserts, plugs? Go for it. Yeah. So definitely, you can find me on Twitter at SuperComedyDaniel. Um, talk to Keith before before. Uh, the show about reviving an old show, so I'm very excited about that. So Televised Heroics will be coming back. And as always, thank you so so much for having me on here. I love it. Oh, bro, every, anytime. Be here every fucking time. <laughs> and Keith, your plugs, shout outs. Go for it. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at WHI Podcast Keith, which stands for We Have Issues, our other show that's about comic books that we record immediately after this one. And you can find the show itself on Twitter at WHI Podcast. And you can find our producer, Liz, at WHI Podcast Liz as well. Excellent. And thank you to listeners for your continued support and on this musical sharing ride. Follow this show at Jukebox Vertigo on Twitter, as well as at Geek Elite Media for all geek shows adjacent. And where a public playlist, at least for the Jukebox Vertigo part, where a public playlist will be updated and shared weekly, as well as a short playlist to go with every new episode with our picks. Now let loose with your jams and geek out. This concludes our broadcast. 